Hiya folks, uh, just at a, an episode here of the uh, the Bobblecast, uh, we're actually at Everton headquarters today um, and we've got a couple of guests to go through, um, David Witchley here, obviously um, doing this with Makina and the guests today, uh, we've got some exciting guests for you, uh, I'll start on, on the right and we'll go around. I'm uh, Paul Mason. Okay. I'm uh, Keith Moore. And I'm Karina Duffy from Everton in the Community. Okay, so I think you may have guessed already by the uh, the names there what the uh, the theme of the bobblecast is today. Well, I think everyone's been buzzing the last couple of weeks um, with the uh, the Howard's Way release. Um, I know certainly that you know I I watched it with my alpha and I'm only thirty five now and I got my dad to take me through uh, and tell me all his memories from back then. And uh, it's exciting to have have you on today just to really talk about it and to, to learn a bit more about the background that went on with it. Yeah. Um, so I think I believe it was uh, Rob, was was the uh, producer of it, was he? Rob was the um, the director, and it started really over two years ago. Yeah. When he contacted David Feely. Yeah. Who not here today, but contacted him over um, doing a documentary about Howard, well, about that time in the eighties. Yes. Because <clears throat> it's not. I'm really initially. It's not a biographical piece about Howard. Yeah. It's about Howard and that team. So it goes from 1981 through to 1985. Yeah. Which was a magical period in our history, I suppose. So it sort of began with that. Yeah. And then I got enlisted to come and work on ideas with them. Um, and the music. And then through that, I started working with Paul and Simon Britton. And, various, and Steve Barker and various other people and putting the music together for the film. It's funny you should say that because obviously we've done a bit of reading you know, to see, try and see what we can find out about the background of it as well. And uh, I don't know how true this is, but uh, the part I read is you, you were introduced to Rob through mutual friends um, and then he, he actually turned up with a list of tracks. Yeah. And then you looked at it and basically scored them all out and said, loads of crap, I'll do them. up with a load of songs. With a list that just went in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you a list and you yeah. put that in the bin. I took them home, put them in the bin, and then sent him back a list. Um, a, lot didn't, a lot didn't make it into the, the movie. Yeah. Because of uh, one reason or another. Some being the um, the fact that we're just going to get it cleared. Yeah. You know, clear. Not like um, I wanted to dignity by taking blooming. Ah, that's right. We couldn't yeah. clear it. Yeah. They wouldn't let us use it, basically. Mm. Yeah, so we, we went for Hole of the Moon instead, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that list got, got binned, basically. Laughing my head off, as soon as I read that, I thought I could just imagine the conversation. No, right, that's all gone. <laughs> the good thing about this soundtrack, though, was that we... Sorry, I'm eating an uh, Everton Toffee plant I'm talking to you. It's perfectly loud, that. I know, the, the, when you come into reception, they're just there, you know. So you can have an ample every time you come in here. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, the, the good thing about working on the soundtrack was that it was all Everton fans yeah. working on a soundtrack together, yeah. which is kind of beautiful, you know? Yeah. Because there's loads of bickering about the other lot and loads, <laughs> of, loads of wonderful stories about what we're doing. Yeah. Even if it's bad, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, so it was great. And then to be able to work on, um, on a song about the greatest manager that this country's ever produced for the greatest football club in this country 
is just, I mean, it's, it's wonderful to be able to do that first and foremost. Second of all, to be able then to attach it to a charity, which is the Avenida Community Charity, which is the greatest football club in the country's charity, which is the greatest charity in the country. So yeah. everything kind of works hand in hand. I mean, Karina can speak for the charity, but the, as soon as we knew that they were going to release the song and the song was going to get a bit of a life on its own, we immediately said, well, of course, it's got to be Everton Community because the wonderful work that they do for the people that are needed in this city. And, and let's, let's not forget, I mean, the community don't leave anyone behind, no matter where their allegiance is like. Yeah. Everton Community look after yeah. absolutely everybody. Every angle so yeah. to buy this song, to know that the money's going towards that, the projects that they've got on is just, for me, is brilliant it's wonderful it fills me with hope that somebody's out there doing something for our great city yeah. but also it enabled us to put Howard and all these iconic images of the greatest players that have played for our, our clubs our club to put them in a song you see the song all was written by fans because these these words already existed the Holy Trinity people's club the school of science they already existed, so writing the song wasn't difficult, and it was simply just to put music to that of that era. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that, but um, obviously some of the some of the proceeds I believe are going to uh, straight to Everton Community Green Art. The idea, so yeah, that fits in with yourselves. Um, I'm delighted. Uh, I mean, in terms of how it's by itself, I'm very heavily involved in supporting the logistics and filming around the stadium. So I started working with Rob as well and these guys two years ago, is it not? So it's been that long in yeah. the yeah. exception. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um yeah. like so everything that you see in the movie with regards to Goodison Park, the drone footage, um Colin Harvey, Kevin Sheedy, I facilitated all of that. Yeah, so you mean um, so <laughs> it, but it was beautiful because I adored Howard. So be able to do something small for Howard is it's just an honour, really. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we facilitated that event in St George's Hall. Yeah. Sold out in 27 hours, uh, 650 yeah. seats. So, <coughs> so myself and my colleague Susie Parker, we facilitated that. So that was another dream. So that was our... And then these guys knocked on the door just a couple of, on the Monday afterwards, was it? A week later? And told me that uh, they'd had this song. I knew the music was being done anyway because it was, uh, I heard all the stories around the time when they were in the studio and then when they said that they were releasing this and they wanted us to be a beneficiary I was like bring it on. That's <laughs> it always is. Because the reason why I've been friends with Keith for five years and I knew that I wanted to ask him for help in the past but I didn't know what I wanted to ask for help with but it now works out that he's now coming to my door and asking me to be involved in this without me doing anything. Yeah. So it's a dream. It really is. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I read that Robert wanted to, to initially call it the team that time forgot. No, that was a name that was uh, banded round. But I think from the um, initial off, I think Howard's way was sailed yeah. down quite quickly. I, I, I think the concern with the Howard's way is confusing it with a... The film about the series, yeah. sailing, you know. I remember, on, I remember, on, I remember on Twitter actually when it first surfaced up, there was a load of like um, 
Doesn't matter. Massive Harry Bray fans from the series from the eighties kicking off saying, "Can you use another hashtag, please?" And all this guy just. I, I mean, I didn't even know that existed until well, until we think the fans have bought this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With somebody down in Portsmouth yeah, yeah. just buying. Yeah. Come on, get behind it. <laughs> but the fans that were involved in the the the, the, the song itself was like myself, Keith, and then there was Dave Healy. Uh, Mark Wainwright, who has the studio, Alien Sound Studios. Kathy Keith's wife, she's done the back and vocals on it. Simon, yeah, yeah. Simon Britton was involved in part of the shouting at the end of Everton. You know, when we were all in the studio, <laughs> when we were all shouting, and it was it was a bit of fun recording it. Yeah. If you'd have thought that we would have been taking it seriously when we were recording it, you'd have thought what was you know because we weren't we were having a laugh. I think that's yeah. the character of the blues, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, agree, I, mean, yeah. I think. I think that's. We didn't. We didn't set out to <coughs> create a song that was anthemic, that was going to be to try to be a football song. Yeah. We wrote a piece of music and a song that reflected the eighties in our heads. Yeah. So it, that's why it sounds like soft cell, basically. That was a point <laughs> I wanted to make. Like, how easy did you find it to write a football song that didn't sound a bit cliched? You know what I mean? Well, it, it, it doesn't sound on its own like a football song, it, it sounds like a single from the 80s. Well, because that's, that's the approach we took, yeah. was to write it in the style of the 80s. I mean, the way I've always looked at it is it's like writing for the roles, yeah. writing for that movie. Anyone that doesn't know the roles as listeners, this, don't watch that yeah. as a yeah. movie because it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it's like, like writing for that because you write for uh, everything that you write has to fit with the sort of songs that are in the documentary that are from the 80s so it has to sit next to it in the right way so yeah. that was the, a really a template that we used but if you talk yeah. about if we're in the if we're in um, the studio and the topic of conversation is the 85 Everton squad and Howard Kendall of course you're instantly transformed back to that era and that's what you're you know it's like yeah. going back yeah. to being that kid again thinking about all their wonderful victories and the tackles that Peter Reid made and you know the saves that Neville Southall made and all them all them images that you've got in your head from that time and all the soundtrack that you had running alongside you when you were going to them matches and they just automatically yeah. just came out it wasn't yeah. like we tried to pull them out they just went oh I'm here as well you know what the the song itself reminds me of I get pictures in my head when the intro starts of walking into Lime Street yeah. and going on an away day. Yeah. And Adidas wrong. Yeah. That's what I get in my head. That's weirdly when fans feel closer together, isn't it? Going on yeah. away days rather than all going to the yeah. good or something. We all get together and we talk and then. Yeah. It's a proper day out though, isn't it? Yeah. Going to the away like, I think it is yeah. a family as well. And I think yeah. I think that's what you, you know, hats off to you is because you, you have made it. It felt like a, you know, a, 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 you're part of it. Yeah. I was watching it, and obviously I'm a bit younger, but to listen to, yeah, to, to, you know, to listen to the song with me dad, I watched this, the, the, you know, Howard's way with me dad, who's now 67, he was talking me through it, and he was reminiscing, mm. yeah, I think that's that, you know, that, that's what you've got out, you know, you've successfully managed to recreate memories for people, you know, there was it's a great to see. Keith had wrote, um, well, he yeah, wrote it, it was already written, the musical score, but he, he rearranged it on, um, the bit where it's Howard's funeral. So like, oh I, I go back to Howard's funeral in 2015 and uh, 
I walk here on my own and stood outside on my own. Oh, I wrote that on my couch. Yeah, oh, I stood outside on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stood outside on my own. Walk back to the house on my own, just thinking, you know, that's it. Not to know that, like, four years later, we'd be in the studio and we got that piece. Yeah. We got that piece <coughs> sent to us in the studio with the with the the uh, keyboard arrangement that Keith had put on the uh, Johnny Todd, and we got sent that. And then we went took the next I don't know seven eight hours where we started to edit it, the music onto this, and we just couldn't quite get it right. Yeah. We couldn't, and all I was thinking back was the time that I went to Howard's funeral on my own. And I was thinking, and, and this just isn't right. That felt right that I went on my own, you know, and, and at this, it just didn't feel right, and then we made a couple of slight changes to it, and then we played it back. And as you see it, is how we played it in the yeah. studio, and we all looked at each other, and we were crying. And we I've been crying all weekend listening to it. Are you messing me? <laughs> crying all weekend. Um, I said to him, "You've killed me." And me and him just hugged each other yeah, yeah. in the studio and went, yeah. and went, "Yeah, yeah, we got that." So when oh, we yeah. were in St George's Hall and I looked around and I seen people crying, it almost gave me the sense of self-satisfaction yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. we yeah. done something. Done something yeah. to yeah. capture the moment. Yeah. We captured Howard's funeral the way it should have been captured. Yeah. Irrespective of however people think about this part of this part, this moment was caught. So you've got Colin Harvey speaking at the camera okay. and then it cuts into Peter E's and then it goes on to the funeral. Um, powerful stuff. But we had to, um, the thing with it is, is it's, it is, it's changed from a major key, which is what Johnny's had in, to a minor key. Yeah. To change it to minor. And I basically changed all the chords in it as well, really. And that's just fingers mulling constantly. Genius. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, I agree. On the iPad. Yes, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. On the iPad. Uh, I, I, I messaged him on the. Did I message you on Friday night or Saturday night? And I go to him, lad, this is a meditation song. I'm meditating to the song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm about calling it. Yeah, warm heart, yeah. yeah. Because people always used to say, of Howard, yeah. he had a warm heart. Yeah. 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 He, sort of like, he sort of left a bit of himself everywhere when he went. Because yeah. yeah. I, I remember a couple of days after he died, I was playing, <coughs> I'd done a gig in a bar in Thornby, but my cousin used to run called Woodward's, and he used to always go in there, they've got a plaque mm. on the bar now mm. where he used to sit. Yeah. And um, he said, they put a little post up on Facebook, and I just, it just came from somebody just mentioned it over the mic and everyone in the bar knew they all had like a little story yeah. about them and I said oh well I think a song to do with one name Days by the Kinks thought that was quite a good wow, song yeah. for the days not and in the end everyone was singing along there was blues and reds on oh. there and they were like yeah that reminds me of how and then they were all telling stories about from there so he was the sort of person that everywhere he went Everyone had stories about him once he'd gone. To like mental health, yeah. isn't he? Have you ever heard anybody tell a bad story about him? Never. No. Did you ever hear nuts. anybody say yeah. about him saying a bad word? No. <laughs> just shows, doesn't it? You know, I mean, did you feel the duty? You know, that oh, obviously yeah. you're telling this story. You know, and, and obviously to people who are, you know even younger than us again who were like maybe teens who just haven't seen. You know, you know, it's been like quite a hard area to support Everton, hasn't it? In the last like ten years or so. That you know, for you to share that story with them as well, you know, I think 
it was almost like an education your the music yeah. company in the film yeah well I mean I think uh, the work that Rob did the work that Rob's done on that film has been brilliant and um, and I think he's utilised uh, Dave's knowledge incredibly to get the most out of that film so really I, I can only speak for myself I'd say that it was dead easy to write the music to it because <coughs> the film was already brilliant the soundtrack played in your head while you watched it do you, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it just goes was already in your head. You just yeah. you just went, oh, I'll put that, put that out and put that in there. Oh, I'll put that out. It already exists. That's what I was going to ask you, actually, because like in the days now, 2019, we have you know we have Twitter, we have podcasts, which we're doing now. There's a million and one ways that we communicate now. You know, as fans, obviously back in the 80s, you didn't have any of that. You know, and no, it, you was, mu- was music the one of the ways then to you know that you, you can't yeah. obviously. The, I think now, obviously, with what's happened with the governments as well, um, there's a huge socialist movement, obviously, back in the 80s, and I think almost now, Liverpool are feeling that again, you know, and music probably was that a way for you to communicate that outwards? Well, it was a voice. Yeah. Music was your voice then, the music you went into, and the music you wrote. So it was, it was, a, um, it was an integral part of your life. Yeah. Really. Music, football, um, and fashion, that was it. I mean, we released released a song on the soundtrack called Defend the End of an Era, which Which didn't make the film, but it's about defending that era, the Thatcher era, and it's talking about the city, how it was like pulverised by the the Thatcher era and pulverised by, you know, only until we took it onto the streets did it change. I suppose, you know, what you're doing, it's quite iconic really because the city almost in the 80s had to fend for itself and the people it, yeah. it and is. almost we've got everything in the community <coughs> doing that work now in the city you know it absolutely did defend, defending you know the you know people that you know have got these kinds of uh, need you know they, they need the fundraising creating because there's, there's these you know schools lack of education things like that and every community are almost the voice for that you know the people that have got no voice in the fact that your music is contributing towards that, you yeah. feel like that's, you know... 100%. I, I think about what the work Evan and the community are doing is allowing people to walk around with their head held high. Yeah. To feel a part of something. They're creating uh, equality in a really unequal system. Yeah. You know, so the people who are the most needy, they're making sure that they're going to benefit the most. Is that part of the reason why you wanted to, to put it towards Evan and the community? That, that as well, you know. What Evan the community represents, and what the documentary, I suppose, represents, I, I definitely feel as a club, as a set of fans, and really in certain sections of society, we've all lost our way a bit. Yeah. And I think the documentary is a window into the past, but it's also a window into any, what Duncan's doing now. Is yeah. this is who we are? Yeah. This is who we were. Do you know what I mean? And history is important because it tells us something about who we are and where we've come from. So that's why this documentary is really important. And having the community as an integral part of our identity. Yeah. In that sense. I mean, what about when we showed the video and Pat Van Der Now is behind the counter making us a cup of tea? <laughs> Duncan Ferguson stood with us. Yeah. yeah. And he's just one of us. Yeah. 
it's quite bizarre because as I say, like uh, the week after we did the housewife on the end of November in St George's, these guys, as I say, knocked at the door and said that they had this and this is where we're going to go with it. And only four months ago I set up a charity choir, and it's in the community, it's called the Spirit Choir, so every Wednesday night we meet as a choir and we just sing songs. And none of us have got any vocal ability whatsoever, but it's the camaraderie that we've got and the togetherness. And I set the choir up because I've participated in numerous fundraising activities around the London Marathon last year at Clam Kilimanjaro and loads of things I've done in the past. And I've always been on my own with the music in my ears and I'm prone to have a little bit of depression at times myself and whatever. But also the music really helped me to feel it inside your body and whatnot. So the choir we set up because not everybody can participate in physical activity to help them with health and well-being, but people can sing. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. We can all sing. None of us can sing, but there's about 35 members in the choir at the moment, and it's just people who wear the mouse, or people who are on our programmes, or staff, volunteers, and every Wednesday we meet. So these guys said, I said, come along the choir and just have a little look and see what you think. So Paul did. And then the week later, we had the choir session again, and they brought a camera. Duncan came. A couple of other fans were involved. Papan was there, and we had one hour and a half of just beautiful like it was beautiful was yeah. it not yeah it was yeah. it was beautiful well, well it i was... walked into your choir the week before when you invited me yeah and Karina had said the day before come down tomorrow and i went oh, okay yeah and you know the next day yeah. i'm sure i've had a tough day and well i'd made the commitment that oh no i'm gonna go and i walked in and i was greeted by these wonderful warm people and I had a smile on my face before they even started singing because it was just so warm we had a cup of tea we were just talking about stuff and then they started singing and it was like wow so for four months I learned two songs so when she <laughs> when she came and sat down I said we should do the video with your yeah. choir and then we should yeah. get your choir singing the song yeah at the games and stuff like yeah. that and and so that's why the week later we're in the thing with Duncan there, Pat's there, we've got the, the choir there. The choir had no idea, the, the choir just got told to turn up as per usual, they, they didn't know Duncan was coming, um, and I'm sure that you've seen that Duncan's been involved in a lot of everything in the community activity over the last 12 months, he's turned up Sunday mornings in the rain to participate in runs for us, he's been fantastic, so to have him involved, and this was even before he got that job, yeah, he didn't yeah. even know that he was going to get that job, and it was just, and at that time, obviously, the poor pitch performance, it has a knock-on effect on what we're trying to do, because what we don't want to be doing is shoving things down fans' faces, go and buy this, get involved in that, because the morale hasn't been great. And the city feels it, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, and the fans are fantastic, but I wouldn't be able to do my job without the supporters and the support that I get in terms of people participating in activity and donating. The fans are, like, world-class in that respect. But we've had, like, four months of real negativity in terms of, you know, we don't need to talk about that now. But what we were trying to do is, like, we, we wanted to... Uh, 
we wanted to show the fans that we're Everton Football Club and it doesn't matter that's going on on that pitch there. Yeah. We stick together through thick and thin. So you don't realise that Duncan Ferguson turning up to that uh, video shoot with the choir uh, was the impetus for him oh, to take over yes. as Everton manager. <laughs> and we start, and the next thing is, yeah. we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> and it was your choir. Oh, it was my choir. We all started. We remember this from the Spirit Choir when spirit we win the cup this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, no honestly, left, you, you, you don't see all of the footage in the video. You just see a little bit, but Duncan's at the back of the choir with a group of us all there, naughty shirts, and he's at the back of the choir literally getting the groove on. And I showed him the video, <laughs> and he goes, he was getting the groove the on. People need to see this video. No, and he went to me, he went to me. Do not send that out because he went, I have my street friend to take care of. I sent it out, by the way. Because he's a... literally getting the groove on. He's like this as if he's dancing on the, like in a family party. <laughs> what, about, what about Anthony from the X Factor being there, yeah? yeah? And then at the Chelsea game, you got him some tickets to come, and then Duncan sends a picture of Anthony. In the so, um, so, so young Anthony Russell, he, off the X Factor, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's involved in the choir and, you know, as we said before, we don't turn our backs on anyone. No, he's brilliant, him. And, you know, he comes across really well, you know, Cadigan always speaks oh, well. He's absolutely, he's, he's beautiful, he's just so all the time, thank you, thank you, all of this. So, um, he was in, he's been coming, coming not, not every week because he's busy, he's got his own things to do. And as I said, on, on Saturday at, at Chelsea, I didn't come about an hour to go before kick-off and I go, lad, do you want to go? So he went, oh, can I have three? He said, three tickets! <laughs> so, so, so we sat on the front row in the family enclosure and then on the Saturday night, I think on the Sunday night, Duncan messaged me and he goes, is this your singer? And then there's a picture of Anthony Russell sitting on the seat that I gave him. Duncan's running up and down like with the ball boy in his arms and there's Anthony Russell's head like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Duncan's sending a yeah. message of Anthony to yeah, you off the yeah, telly yeah. and that, that gets back to you know, and then Anthony sends me this message and he just book. can't believe yeah. it. You can't believe it now. Why wouldn't? Duncan, is it? Duncan. You know, you know, you, this is one, you know, I mean, <clears throat> lessons learned and all that. We were talking before, we about obviously the next stage of the manager situation. There's a lot yeah. to be said about Ferguson keeping the job, isn't there? You know, there is, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure whether. Hang on a minute. He can't be standing outside with no jacket on in, with a shirt. <laughs> Where is your coat? He's going to be dying of flu today. Duncan can do as he likes, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Put your coat on. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Put your coat on. What are you doing? Flashing them. You know, you're talking about the, the quiet, because, um, I mean, Matt's probably a man we mentioned, or Matt, Matt was involved by Danny Holman, you were the boss night. Yeah. Does a while away from Liverpool, even though he's a massive Everton fan. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Everton seem to be, you know, are they missing the boat there, maybe not doing a similar thing, do you think? Because you know, obviously we've got the people involved who have all got this music background. Well, um, ironically, Kareen has just been talking about this all well, the boss, week. The boss night thing started for Liverpool fans. They couldn't go to match anymore because yeah. they basically couldn't afford to take it. Or they didn't couldn't get in. That's yeah. what I understand. Then. Well, it, 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 it built up. I think originally it was meant to be. It wasn't specifically Liverpool. Yeah. But there was a sort of an attitude. I think the, I think Dan Nicholson was saying that it, it wasn't really. Everton fans weren't really the house on it. And I think because Liverpool fans couldn't go to the game. Then they went there and they just got yeah. overtaken and got bigger and bigger and they just concentrated on the red stone. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, they do, give them a bit of credit, they do well. On they the do really well, They do really well. They do do really well, 
crowd for them for the club. And, they, and they're really inclusive with it yeah, in terms of the kids, you know. And they yeah. they're not charging ridiculous prices yeah. for tickets. So would, would that work with know. us? Do you think? I think something like that could work with us. So, so yeah. what, what, what's next on the agenda for us? Which we were really had like a couple of conversations over the phone, but we want to do a Habitway Live next. Yeah. And using the, the songs that are in the soundtrack. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm creating something magnificent in my brain at the moment. I, I'm at Goodison Park doing this. <laughs> I'm already at Goodison. Do we have to? We've had the last game of the season. I don't know. It's just an idea at the moment. But. No, I think I think I think what you were saying about you know uh, them nights that there's a lot put on. I think uh, yeah, we we could probably do something like that. I mean, Keith did. Um, the rooftop gigs, yeah, and you know, he took that from uh, an idea and filled the place, yeah. you know, uh, on every occasion. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some great nights, that great happened bands there. Well, yeah. great bands, the great nights. Yeah, yeah, and the really Eastern one as well. Yeah. Right. More Everton fans, yeah. so, more Everton fans. Are you in a band? I was, I was in a band called Sterlings. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine, that's with Jamie. With Jamie, yeah. yeah. We, we, we've actually got him signed up because we were in the hub at the weekend. It's one of the bobblers, our group. It's uh, his next door neighbour's daughter that runs it. Who's a manager there, the really young girl who runs the hub at the. Uh, you know, the Blue Base. The Blue Base, sorry, yeah, yeah I was called yeah. the hub. Um, and I think <coughs> to sing there now after the game, or she's looking to sign Matter to sing after the game. We're going to do something blue for once rather than playing an outfit. You're desperate to play it, Everett, rather yeah. than Liverpool, every you can. You, but, you know, I think, like you say, there's a massive musical. Yeah, but well, we're there, already talking about so it, so it is, and we want we, we want everyone to get involved. Yeah. It's for everyone, isn't it? There's plenty of talent out there. I do yeah. I do something like that forever. But things like that always easier to do when you're winning yeah yeah when you're doing yeah. well they're really hard to do when you're not doing so well yeah you know just want to go home after the game yeah it's funny the other week because i came for the uh, i was talking to some of the other media team here with Tina the other week and, hmm. and they were asking you know about what we thought about what's going on as when within a torrid time and i said well one of the worst things you did was you put out that video of marcel brands saying, you know, we're a team we should be united. I said, really what you should have done is you should have got Keith from the farm in. <laughs> I got Keith from the farm to, to talk that way to us because we'd have gone, yeah, I'm having that. People are listening to Because people are listening to Keith. The farm as a whole has been, like, interesting. Some people don't, you know. Some people, <laughs> some people call me terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> I give zero fucks, like, sorry, but... Is that some Yeah, yeah. So he could <laughs> take... <laughs> He could take the idea of what we're talking about, you know, and fan nights, uh, all linked to Everton. He could do that because it's uh, it's in his pedigree. Yes, yeah. he's he's made to do them. Things. That's what I mean. What high profile Evertonians? There are people like yourself who have a bit of weight behind your name. Who everyone knows. You know, he's a he's a well known Evertonian. You get coached like Lee Mathers out of the Titans as well. Like, yeah, Lee's. He's yeah. a massive yeah. Titan. Yeah. So did he? Yeah. I mean, I mean he, even yeah. with the... And the reallys, we got the people, we got the yeah. musicians, you know. He, even <coughs> with the track, I mean, these guys came in to me a couple of weeks ago in here and we're just walking around, sat in Britain, and he's just got off the train from London and I'm like, let's remix this song and put it into a dance, in life, so, like, dance music. So Sam and Britain goes straight away and then he comes back. A week later, it goes, it can't be done. It can't be done. I wasn't bothered about that at all. Oh, I was bothered about that. <laughs>
Well, we, we, funny we were saying about that when we got the farm because obviously there's been mixed loyalties there, isn't it? And obviously, how was it when you done all together now? You know, we were all singing from the same hymn. Yeah, it was that. fine. I mean, the club asked, and um, Peter, who's the lyricist system, wrote all the lyrics for the song. In order to change the song's lyrics, you got to get agreement from the writers. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't. So Everton asked, and Peter spoke to his dad, who's a Liverpool fan. Because he wanted to do it, and his dad was basically said to him, "If you don't do this, you're a hypocrite." When you think about what the song's about, yeah. and so Peter agreed to do it. So I've got to give them and Peter and his dad their due, you know. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened without Peter's them agreeing. You know, it wouldn't, yeah. But yeah. never have happened without them saying yeah. So then the process of doing it was fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was great. I got to sing it because. Um, no one in the room could sing. <laughs> well, the Everton team were in there, and they were all awful. Yeah. You, know. you did Wiley's bits. Sorry? You did Wiley's bits. Um, I think I was a session musician vocalist in from London to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way Wiley was going to do it. No way. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, I think, like you say, I think that's the important message that I picked up from you is about football being intrinsically linked, certainly yeah. in this city, to music. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the one thing I took from it is the music helped the film, didn't it? Um, of course it did, yeah. And it painted the picture. Was there any particular songs that you were desperate to get in certain areas of the, the film? Big Old Old Animate. Yeah. I had to get bigger. Um, and um, All of the Moon. Yeah. It was even All of the Moon at that point or Deacon Blue. And Deacon Blue were, um, were not keen on giving us the song. Because they, they, they're pretty big in Liverpool, which is why yeah. I wanted to use it, but they, um, they didn't want to come down on one side or the other. Now, as a writer, I get that. Yeah. They didn't want to alienate half the city. But we said to them, it wouldn't be like that. No. It really wouldn't, but they're from Glasgow, and so they, you know, they're, they're the things are, are a bit more intense there, yeah. you know, so I get it. But really, I, I can't, now that we, I can't see that. Part of the movie now any other way. No. Definitely. It was it was right that they knocked us back because Hole of the Moon is perfect yeah. for the for the, the part where we start to become successful. You know? And it's good going back and revisiting some of them songs that are kinda they're in your uh, DNA. Yeah. They're in there. But you they kinda settle down, you know, and other stuff's laid over the top and then instantly when you go back to them you go, I mean, it feels like heaven. Fantastic, it's just, it? it's just one of, as soon as you hear it, that nostalgia that it brings in you, it's like overwhelming. Is that an angle that everything could use? So um, when you create a new identity, sort of being a more socially conscious club, like with the no racism and the uh, no lives and things like that, that could be an angle that we could push. And theme could be like the 80s music yeah. that seems to yeah, yeah. It, it just seems to fit if you wanted to push Everton as like a maybe a St Pauli type you know socially conscious club and a lot of the soundtrack to be around 80s type well, I always had this theory that we're like the last of the Mohicans yeah. we're the last of the great football and tribes yeah. where the rest of them have just gone over the edge and sold themselves to corporatism we're, we're not quite there yet yeah. so in a sense we are the last of the Mohicans yeah in that sense. Because in them days it was. You said that's in the 70s again. Music, you did. Yeah. Money. 
footy music and clubber. Yeah, was, yeah. They were the three things that were the most important things <coughs> in our lives. Yeah. yeah, it's getting back to, to that now, isn't it? Well, it, it needs to. I, I was on, we were obviously kids in the eighties, but it feels like now, especially after like last week, that it's, it's sort of going back to that way where where Liverpool is separated from the rest of the country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After this recent election, it's say, looks like that. Because you're quite surrounded by a sea of blue. You're quite heavily involved, aren't you? Not the right blue, should I say, You're quite heavily involved, aren't you, with Corbyn at one stage? Yeah, we've always been involved. We've always been a band that used our songs as a voice, you know, and Paul's in a band called The Vile Assembly, which does the same type of thing, you know? Yeah. Really. It all fits hand in hand, doesn't it? Like you yeah. say, Everton has always been a socialist movement, hasn't it? And you know, Everton yeah. is yeah. doing exactly that, aren't we? The, the, the voice yeah. that people haven't got a voice in. Yeah. It's almost a shame that you exist, but it's a shame that you have to exist. Yeah. But it's great that you do. I mean, the money that's going to be generated is going to go to the People's Place campaign, which is, I'm sure you've seen it, it's the ambitious £1 million fundraising campaign that we're running at the moment to build a purposely built mental health facility next to the Hope on Stellar Lane. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously after the election on Friday, it's it's going to be needed more now yeah. than ever in terms of you know what's going to be in the next five years for people. Yeah, of course, because <coughs> this one is going to go back on everything they said. Yeah. With everyone. Yeah. DARG, the ZUP, yeah. is going to say as soon as they get back what they want, they're just jettisoning everyone yeah. and everything. So things like everything in the community are going to be needed. It's funny, like, we talk about, we talk about politics and we're talking about, like, Labour and, <clears throat> you know, a lot of the countries, for some reason, have moved from Labour and they're moving to another party for whatever reasons, but your football team never changes, does it? No. 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 And, and it doesn't matter whether your football team is doing terrible they're still your football team, and you talk to other supporters of that team, and you're allowed to say, you know, disparaging things, but anybody else does that. Yeah. And there's like a clamp yeah. down. Yeah. It's like yeah. a universal no-no, isn't it? Yeah. No-no, you don't do that. You know, who are you to say that? So isn't it strange that like our, our allegiances stick to one football team? Yeah. They yeah. don't move, like, politically, People's allegiances move all about the place, but football is the one thing that we know we're going to be born a blue and we're going to die a blue. Yeah. We know that. There's no there's no question. That's exactly how it's going to go. I think it's a scout thing as well, isn't it's, it? I mean, obviously, unless you're Stephen Gerrard or Jamie Canigan, yeah. <laughs> they obviously switch from red to blue, but... Even when Carragher's taking the piss, his face lights up when he mentions yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think we'll get back to the families, Harvey? I mean, I know that, obviously, the 80s, it was a lot closer. People went down to the clubs together. The difference between the Derby now and it used to be is segregation yeah. and um, social media. It never used to be as bitter and as bad as well. I don't care if people don't agree with me, by the way, yeah. as what it is now. It never used to be that bad. You know, you could go to Anfield and go in the cop. There used to be murder, like, but in a way, it policed itself. Yeah. You can't have that now. Yeah. You can't have that now. It's mad because, yeah. I, I mean, I go to the game with my brother, who's a red. You know, if it's a derby and I'm like, like my best mates are red and there's no issues between us, you know what I mean? But then it does seem to be the odd little problems and it's wrong really because at the end of the day we are, Scouts are me and we are on the big issues, we all do come together, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I went to Amphia last week here 
and went to half five and stood in Anfield Road and saw kick-off helping the food bank. Yeah. And we've got the food bank, Dave Kelly and Ian Byrne, Ian Byrne, yeah, yeah. outside with us in every match day, which we support. However, to see it at Anfield as well and see the fans, like, you've got to, you know, you've got to take hats off to fans who are, like, rocking up to the food bank. There was you know, issues around there, but I experienced a little bit trying to get into the stadium. I think I think it's the most important thing now. I think Howard's way kind of summarised that for me that we need to all come together to be moving forward and, and things, the project or whatever, forever. And Howard's yeah, yeah. way for me, I don't know if you felt like that, that that brought a lot of people back together again. And you know, there's that unified approach moving forward. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Right. Of the toffees. Of yeah, the toffees. Yeah. And hopefully, dunk, <laughs> big dunk things to cook. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to be rounding that off now, but uh, you know it's been a pleasure Thank speaking you. to you. And you know, Cheers. great work. I can say, you know, <coughs> from the fans, not, and yourself, really, you know, you, you. you're doing some great things. Thank Unbelievable. you. Um, on Wednesday night at six o'clock, or close past six, half six, we're going to be singing a song on the fans. Right. Said, so, come along. Yeah. 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 So we've got Annie Russell. He's doing the lead. Annie's doing the lead. Kathy is. She does her harmonies, and the choir are all performing. Four past six. Four past six. Around that time. Okay. Well, I'm on the ale for three o'clock. Oh, uh, so I'll be there. Sing along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Got the day off after yeah. this. So. Come on, blues. Come on, you Come blues. Come on. Thanks very much for that. Wonderful.